Welcome to NSN Daily. He's Chris Murray. I'm Brian Samudio. Jenna Holland uh, directing behind the scenes. Uh, definitely going to talk uh, Nevada football against San Jose State. Justin Legree, the play-by-play voice of the Spartans, will join us here on the show shortly. Always a great conversation with Justin. Um, we're going to have Todd Reamer join us as well. It is Thursday, so that means it's our uh, Thursday Rail City Alehouse picks of the week when it comes to the NFL. And I'm hearing, Chris, that there's a giveaway they're happening happening that's going to take you back to like high school and, and your, and your youth. Uh, something about a, a Nintendo giveaway. Oh, I like it. I yeah, like I, Nintendo. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Um, there has been a resolution passed by the students, the ASUN at Nevada, that uh, they want to build a Colin Kaepernick statue. Uh, we'll talk about the journey and what that has to kind of go through to happen. And Cap has been uh, named after uh, Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's ice cream has named a, a flavor after Colin, and we'll also get into Better No Bet, the Rams-Pats game tonight that's going to be on our sister station, Fox 11. Uh, Chris, it is late in the week. We've been able to see these guys maybe get some time to rest a little bit. Uh, you did write a story about injury updates. Let's start with Dom Peterson. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, he obviously played a couple of snaps against Fresno State after spraining that ankle against Hawaii, but he wasn't super effective, and he was just trying to cut out a couple of pass rushing specialist snaps. So I think you'll see him quite a bit more. I don't think he'll be 100%, and it'll be very interesting to see how Nevada's defensive line goes against what I think might be the best offensive line in the Mountain West in San Jose State, a group that's only allowed basically one sack per game. They're top five in the nation in tackles for loss allowed per game. So they're going to need a really good effort from the defensive line. I don't think you're going to see Dom out there for all of the snaps, but maybe if he can give you 50% of the snaps at 100% of what he has, um, you know, that's better than a lot of people because of how good he is as a, a pass rusher and even a run blocker, which I think gets overlooked quite a bit with him. EJ Muhammad has been in the concussion protocol. Do you expect him to play? Yeah, so he missed the Fresno state game also got his injury against Hawaii and he did not get cleared they thought he would be cleared for Fresno State so he has returned to practice uh, and he's a big addition I mean he's their nickel corner uh, San Jose State to me has the second best uh, wide receiving group uh, in the entire Mountain West behind Nevada uh, a lot of big play threats they like to get the ball down the field so being able to get back to 100% in the secondary is going to be huge for this game so um, unless there's something uh, that happens over the next day or two in practice he has been cleared and practicing so he should be good to go. I'd be wrapping him in bubble wrap right now. Don't even get near anybody. Put him not in the green shirt, not in the red, don't touch shirt. Just don't be anywhere near anybody. Uh, when it comes to position breakdown, you do this every week. Where do you think Nevada stacks up best against the Spartans? You've got a full story on this on uh, NevadaSportsNet.com. It's a really close matchup. To me, this is the closest matchup I've seen all year. You basically could have went uh, either way in probably 80% of these matchups. You look at the quarterback position. Carson Strong is, to me, the best quarterback in the Mountain West, but Nick Starkle of San Jose State is number one in passer rating, so they're both very strong there. They both have two-headed monsters at running back. I gave the edge to Nevada, but uh, San Jose State's been able to run the ball better this year, and they basically split their carries like Nevada does. Uh, I mentioned wide receiver. Nevada has the best wide receiving core. San Jose State has the second best. They have a semifinalist for the Mackey Award at tight end, so very well. I do think San Jose State has a, a pretty um, big advantage uh, on the offensive line, not to say that Nevada's offensive line hasn't been good this year, but San Jose State's offensive line has been elite, and uh, same at the defensive line. I give the edge to San Jose State, but that's a close one. Uh, you look at linebackers and secondary, those are basically 50-50. Those are basically split right down the middle, and then special teams, they're both very strong. San Jose State's kicker has not missed the field goal this year. They're a little bit better in the uh, punt and kickoff return area, but not quite as strong in the punt 
uh, net area. So, um, you know, that's very equal. And even you look at the, the two coaches in this matchup, they were hired the same year. Uh, they got extensions both last off season. They're both getting their team to the brink of a Mountain West championship game at the same time. They're both four years in with their tenure. So, um, you know, it's a really, really good matchup uh, up and down the list. I mean, I, I still don't know who I'm going to pick for this matchup. I think a lot of the intangibles do favor Nevada just because of what San Jose State has been through, uh, having to go out to Hawaii rather than playing at home. And this was supposed to be a home game for San Jose State. So, um, you know, it's going to come down to those things that it usually comes down to when it's an even matchup, the turnovers, the big plays, uh, and the special teams. If there's a lopsided advantage in any of those three categories, I think that team wins. Um, but, you know, this is a fair fight for sure. Uh, you know, this is a coin flip game. And I think San Jose State gets a little bit of the edge in the betting line because it's quote unquote a home game in Las Vegas. But um, very, very interesting match matchups up and down and, and the, their strengths are very similar as well. I wonder if this is the week that to, uh, the 2020, you know, situation finally catches up with San Jose state. They have overcome where Boise state was canceled. It was canceled. They were already in Boise. Fresno state was canceled. They can't play at home against the warriors. So you have to go to Honolulu, which I would have, if I was coach Brennan, I would have said, can we do something a little in town? We'll talk with Justin Allegri about that. This will be the third time Nevada's played in Vegas. Second time at Sam Boyd this season so i wonder if there's a familiarity of playing in that stadium for them but yeah i mean you have to really credit the spartans with what they have had to overcome adapt and overcome and get through this season and you know credit the coaching staff for for just kind of saying guys we're just going to go play we're going to go play football and and that's going to be it it's going to be a 7 p.m kickoff on cbs sports network in nevada and san jose state on friday night should be a lot of fun we'll have chris's three keys and a prediction tomorrow on this show but uh, coming up next we'll bring in the play-by-play -play voice of the san jose state spartans that's justin allegri always a great conversation that's coming up next welcome back to nsn daily justin allegri joining us uh, right now justin is the play-by-play -play voice of the fighting san jose state spartans and uh justin uh i would imagine there's a little more pep in the step going on down in the silicon valley yeah, there's there certainly is, and and honestly, this uh, this season kind of crept up on us in, in how the Spartans have performed. But uh, I think the excitement is certainly returning to San Jose State now. It's returning to San Jose State, even though the Spartans won't be playing in San Jose this week as a home game, much like they did last week. But hey, the Spartan fans are are pretty happy about the product on the field these days. Knocking on the door of the top 25. Obviously, they took a big step forward as a program last year. Didn't quite get to a bowl, but much, much more competitive. What's been the biggest difference in year four of Brent Brennan's tenure with the uh, Spartans to be able to put them in a spot where they can play for a championship uh, next weekend if they're able to take care of business this weekend? Yeah, you know, a lot of people talked about the offense last year for San Jose State as the major improvement, and rightfully so. You had the Offensive Player of the Year in Josh Love. He had this great completion percentage. He was using all of his wide receivers but the defense really wasn't there uh, when they needed it last year for San Jose State. This year, the biggest difference in the major storyline has been the defensive front seven for San Jose State. They're getting to the quarterback. They're putting pressure on defenses. They're holding opposing running backs, which is something we haven't seen in the last four or five years from the Spartan defense. And they're doing it with a multiple looks. They're, they're having three down linemen sometimes, four down linemen other times. You'll see that that's a flexible defense where there's nobody down and they, they disguise their blitzes really well. So it's been fun to watch that group. And, and we thought they would be improved. I, I don't know if anybody thought they'd be as good as they have been this year. And that's really the reason why we're seeing the, 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 the multi-levels in which the Spartans have won games this year. Justin Allegri, voice of the San Jose State Spartans, joining us right now. Uh, Justin, 
when you look at this matchup uh, for Friday night, I mean, these two teams should be able to put up some points. Uh, when you look at Nevada, I know what Nevada fans are looking at with San Jose State. When you look at Nevada, what do you see? What do you think is is what San Jose State's probably dearding themselves up against? Well, I, I think you have to start with that receiving crew that Nevada has. I mean, we, we knew they'd be good. I, I don't know if anybody pegged them to be this good. I mean, at, at any point in time, they can pop off a 50-, 60-yard passing play, and it changes the, the whole look of the game in a blink of an eye. And I'm not just, not just talking about dubs. I mean, Horton last week, where did that come from? Three touchdowns and over 140 yards. So if you have a whole nother side that you can rely on, if you're Carson Strong, who already is just a tremendous quarterback, completion percentage is wonderful. I mean, that's what, what the Spartans have to focus on. You're not going to limit that wide receiving group. You, you just have to try and hold those big plays, and you, you can't let them take over a game, which they have done in the past. Um, so, so that's, I think, the biggest key for the Spartans. And then that's obviously the, the, the number one choice, I think, for every defense when we look at this Nevada team. Uh, but the run game, I, I think, is undervalued from Nevada. I think that if they can balance off a little bit of that passing game with an established run, we, we've seen it from other games that the Wolfpack have played this year. That's what makes them so diff difficult to defend against because uh, if you're having to respect the ground game more than maybe another game, then that's where, where guys in the second level uh, get out there and get those big passes. So it's, it's certainly a challenge. Whoever uh, the Wolfpack play, it's been a challenge for that defense to get ready for them. So, yeah, it, on paper, it could be, it could be a high-scoring game, but uh, I expect some good defensive play as well. Let's take a little look at the San Jose State uh, offense. Obviously, they have a new quarterback. As you mentioned, Josh Love was the player of the year last year, but graduated. They bring in a transfer, uh, Nick Starkle from Arkansas. He actually played against San Jose State through five interceptions against the Spartans last year. How did that relationship start, and, and why has he been so effective? He actually has the number one passer rating in the Mountain West, a little bit above Carson Strong this year. Right, and you expect that SEC starter pedigree to, to translate well into the Mountain West, and so far it has. The way he came to San Jose State is, is such a great story. Uh, he and Josh Love, the former Spartan quarterback, attended a, a football camp down in Southern California in the offseason prior to last year. And they developed this relationship. They got to know one another. They knew they were playing one another uh, later on in the season. And so when they did play, uh, Nick Starkle called up Josh Love and said, hey, that looks like a fun crew to be around. And they developed this relationship. And obviously he couldn't talk to the Spartan coaching staff at that point in time. But then when the offseason came along and, and the rules allowed for that conversation to happen, he was thrilled and, and decided to come over to San Jose State. And now the Spartans have, have him. And it was a real easy transition because of the similarities between Josh Love and Nick uh, that they have in, in terms of their passing abilities to move into the Spartan offense and make a big impact. And, and you know, his relationship now with, with the Spartan, I, I call him, we call him a backup, but he's really kind of a second quarterback for San Jose State, Nick Nash they're best friends. And so it's not as awkward when Nick Nash comes in for a couple of series and Nick Starko goes to the bench. There's, there's no animosity there. So it's worked a little bit better in my opinion to have that dual quarterback system coming in and out over the course of a game. Voice of the uh, San Jose State Spartans, uh, Justin Lankry joining us here on NSN Daily. Justin, 2020 has been uh, a weird year. And that's, that's saying very, very lightly. I mean, COVID has been has been uh, you know, rampaging through Northern Nevada. It's been a brush fire through the Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, the University of Nevada football team has only left the state once to play football. This will be the third time Nevada plays in Las Vegas, the second time at Sam Boyd Stadium right. this year. But, you know, when you come, come talk about that, that, that's nothing compared to what the Spartans have gone through. 
Spartans uh, fly to Boise and then realize uh, get, somebody gets a text or something. No, the game's not happening. Go home. And then you have to go to Honolulu. And I don't yeah. know the details of that decision. But if I'm Brendan, I'm like, can we just go play at Sac State or something? I know. Yeah. Find a football field somewhere and not have to go all the way to the islands. That's why that victory over Hawaii is so much more impressive. How has San Jose State endured and still become, you know, basically one of the top teams in the Mountain West, if not the best? I think you have to start with Coach Brennan because his attitude through this is not one of, of woe is me. He's just going out and tackling the new challenges that come at him, and he's translating that attitude to the team because if the team didn't have that attitude, you're right. They would come out, they'd be pouting, they'd be complacent, they wouldn't want to be there, but that's not the case. And I, and I think it's only two games that the Spartans have played this year that haven't been affected in some way by COVID-19. New Mexico came to San Jose State when we were supposed to go to Albuquerque, uh, and then the cancellation against Fresno State, the cancellation against Boise State, the change of, of venue to Hawaii, and now this change of venue against the Wolfpack. So so yeah, and, and it's, it's hurdle after hurdle that – you would think would start to, to snowball into this completely out of control thing. But coach Brennan, his staff and, and everybody around that program has remained so positive and, and kept the message of, Hey, we're here, we're playing football. We, if we play our brand of football, no matter where we've got a shot. And it, it, on paper, you, you look at that game last week and say, gosh, in a short notice, the Spartans are going to have to go to Hawaii and play this team in, in pretty much a must win situation. Uh, in years past, we would look at that and say, God, how much of a chance do they have? But they came out firing and scored 21 in that first quarter. Um, so every, every challenge so far has been met by this team. It's really been fun to watch. How much do you think that will impact San Jose State coming in? Uh, you know, it's obviously very difficult whenever you come back from Hawaii. They play during the day in the, you know, the heat, probably so they could get back. And they fly back to Vegas instead of home. And then it's finals week. And then it's a short week playing on a Friday. Uh, I know Coach Brennan on his press conference that you hosted kind of talked a little bit about those challenges. Do you think they'll be as sharp as they usually would be with all of those kind of intangible elements stacked against them for Friday's game? Every time I've thought this team may not come out as crisp or – something that happens may affect them. I mean, I look back at the San Diego state game where Starkle went down in the first four plays of the game. And you're thinking on the road against San Diego state, how are they going to pull this off? And they do. Uh, then you think about the change of venue. How are they going to pull this off? They do. Every time I seem to have some sort of thought in the back of my mind to say, how is this going to balance out? They, they have. Uh, now it's, it's not going to be easy for every reason that you just mentioned uh, tra traveling that far coming back on a short notice, now having to do school remotely from a hotel room, a lot different than the comfort of their dorm or apartment or wherever they're at. Uh, there, there's a lot going on this week. And then to add on to that, all of these players have not played in such a meaningful game late in season as this game. I mean, maybe the guys like Starkle or, or transfers have played in, in other schools or, or other championship type atmospheres. But for San Jose State as a program, I mean, this is the biggest game in a long, long time for this team. And some of the guys have never been in this spot. So how, do, how does that factor in, too? Um, which, which makes the, the opening possession, the opening quarter of this football game all the more important, not just from an X's and O's perspective, but from uh, the, the team as in terms of their attitude and, and the way they come out and, and handle themselves. It's, it's been a wild week for sure for that team. Justin, the uh, relationship that Nevada and San Jose State have goes back to the 1800s. I mean, played football in 1899 for the very first time. Moving up through the ranks, uh, Big West buddies, WAC, Mountain West. Um, 
as, you, as a group of five school, they're very, very similar when it comes to a lot of things. The second you have any success at any level in any sport, those big boys come sniffing around. Sure. Are you getting Jay Norvell's name has been mentioned as a possibility for the Vanderbilt job and a couple of other jobs out there. Uh, are you hearing the same thing around San Jose state when it comes to Brendan or no? Not, not much. I haven't heard too many rumors. And I think part of that is that last year when the Spartans had a, that five win season and Spartan fans thinking five win season, gosh, that's not a winning season. But Coach Brennan has said all along he wants to stay in San Jose. So the first time you see a little bit of progress, the administration came in and said, hey, we got to lock this down. They signed him to an extension, which is great. Now, I'm not, just, I'm not saying that a Power 5 school can't come in and say, hey, we're going to buy him out. But I think that at least showed the, the coaching staff that, hey, we're on board. We're going we're gonna to provide you with more resources, more funding uh, to, to get this thing done. So I haven't heard too many rumors um, about that. Uh, not, not, the, not I'm aware of now. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure schools are looking, you know, like, like any good power five does, they're, they're going to look and see where they can grab somebody at the group of five, but the way that coach Brennan has, has held himself, he he's been fully on board with San Jose state. And that's why he wanted that extension. He wants to stay. Um, but, but no, no rumors that I'm aware of. Funny thing is, is these are two of the lower paid coaches in the Mountain West. If you combine Jay Norvell's salary and Brent Brennan's salary, they're actually hired the same year and then got an extension both this offseason. That's less than what Brian Harson makes by himself. And Brian Harson in the Broncos, uh, as long as they play their game, is going to be in the uh, Mountain West right. championship game. So obviously a huge, uh, you know, accomplishment by both of these coaches to put these uh, teams in this specific situation. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, one of these teams is going to be playing in the Mountain West title game for the first time ever, which is it's just cool for me to see some fresh blood after San Diego State and Fresno State have kind of run the West Division since the divisional split in 2013. Yeah. And the voice of the Wolfpack, John Ramey, and I have talked about that. You know, it's just nice to see a, a meaningful game that will affect the championship that doesn't have San Diego State or Boise State. Well, in this case, San Diego State involved in it. Um, and, 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 you know, I can't say enough positive things about what, from an outside perspective, we've watched from, from Coach Norvell. I mean, every time I talk to him, he's been great. He, he knows his stuff. He's really built that program the right way. And, and now you're seeing it on the field, and you're seeing the depth of the Wolfpack uh, as a result of that. And they're recruiting down the line. That There's always somebody there to step up, and, and that's exactly what San Jose State's trying to do, and, and they're starting that process as well. So – yeah, that's what these two coaches want to do. They want to build some sustainability so that it's not just San Diego State and Boise State every year. And I know other schools have, have snuck in there, but for the most part, those two are the gold standard in the, uh, the Mountain and the West Division uh, for, for the last few years. So that's the hope. And, and obviously, uh, this, is, this is one of the, the first signs that uh, it's moving in the right direction. Voice of the San Jose State Spartans, Justin Allegri, joining us here on NSN Daily. Justin, I would be amiss as a sports broadcaster uh, before we let you go to not uh, compliment you on your memorabilia collection behind you oh, there. yes. The great Don Miller there. Chris is a Dodger guy, so he understands having a legend behind the mic. John Miller, I, I think, is underappreciated. Uh, can you give me who's on the baseballs? Uh, the baseballs are Tim Lincecum, Tony Gwynn, and Willie McCovey. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm a Giants guy. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate Vin Scully as much as the next guy. If, if I had a Vin Scully 8 by 10 that was that was signed, he would be behind me, even though I'm a Giants fan. I'll tell you that much. And then I've got a couple of San Jose Sharks, Thornton and Marlowe and, uh, and Kevin Durant over there. And this is the shot heard around the world above me. 
Bobby Thompson. So, yeah. We don't need to bring that up. We don't need to bring that up. That was, uh... <laughs> what, what, too soon? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to let it pass at least 80 years before we can mention that. There was, there was a little bit of Astros level cheating going on for that situation. As oh, well. yeah, yeah. The trash cans were in full effect that year. <laughs> Justin Allegri, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, stay safe. Uh, we're hoping for a, a great game on Friday night. Appreciate it, man. Thank Thanks you. a bunch, guys. I always love talking with you. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, Todd Dreamer will join us from the Rail City Casino with his NFL Picks of the Week. That's coming up next. The following segment is sponsored by Rail City Ale House. What's Thursday? Welcome back in. Uh, Rail City, Todd DeRemer joining us right now with uh, Rail City Casino and, the, of course, the uh, Rail City Ale House. It's his uh, time of the week where we go to him for his expertise on on the lines, the picks, what's happening over Rail City. Apparently, Chris uh, um, is going to a funeral or a, or a wedding here in between uh, segments. But uh, Christopher, you just you had to show me up, huh? You don't remember last week's show? I said I'd wear a tie. If Todd wore his tie, I'd wear my tie. So I threw on the jacket as well to complete the ensemble. So yeah, <laughs> segment only. I decided to look sharp and hopefully our picks are sharp this week. When was the last time you wore a tie? <laughs> I mean, definitely pre-pandemic. Uh, it doesn't happen all that often, but uh, I think it, it, at some point this year, uh, you know, maybe in January, February or something. I'm thinking it, for me, it may have been like the Emmys. Uh, a couple of years ago in San Francisco. I mean, because we've gone to this format where, you know, it became more of a sports story than a sports cast. And then NSN was born. And, you know, we're lucky to get, you know, Alex on set with, you know, one or two buttons. No, not a button. So uh, anyhow, Todd, I, I see the Vegas Golden Knights tie. Uh, well played, well played. And uh, Chris, next segment, you got to go back to just the shirt, man, please. I, I, I look like a cool. Uh, let's start off with, the, with our picks of the week. Uh, Todd, your Vikings are at the Buccaneers. Bucks uh, minus six and a half in this one. Where are you thinking? So I like the Vikings to actually win outright on this I one. I knew it. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them to win outright. Um, the Bucks defense has been a little suspect lately, right? And so I think uh, obviously I'll be on the Cook plus 100 yards and uh, hope he runs all day long through those guys. And Cousin comes up with a couple big passes to, to finish it off. I like the under at 52. Also, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of Bucks scoring. I think they're going to get to Brady often the way it's been lately. Chris, what do you see as the biggest matchup here? The O line of the Bucks versus the D line of the Vikings, or Brady versus the uh, versus the Vikings secondary? Well, I think it starts with Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins is so inconsistent. Sometimes he looks like an all pro and sometimes you're just not sure, you know, whether he should be starting. And I think a lot of it starts with that run game. If Dalvin's getting that run game and you could do play action off it, it makes things a lot easier for Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to go the opposite direction. I will take the Bucks. They're coming off a bye. The Vikings have won two of their last three games, uh, their last two, but they haven't played super sharp. Uh, you know, a close win against the Jaguars and Panthers. They lost to the Cowboys. Uh, they have been, uh, you know, they have lost the last three against the spread. So uh, I'll go with the, the more rested team. But I do agree that I think Dalvin will have a big game. And if that's the case, then it will be hard, I think, for the Bucks to, to um, you know, cover the six and a half point. Kirk Cousins, you like that. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Colts at the Raiders. Colts uh, minus five, four and a half uh, down in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, what do you think about this one, uh, Todd? So I think um, even though Josh Jacobs is out, I think the Raiders will still come out and uh, – do, do big on defense wise. I think Rivers um, is going to go down a couple times. I think they'll get to him, and I think the Raiders will uh, pull this one out. 
against the spread. Um, I also like the under in this one at 51 and a half. At least that's the last number I saw. Um, I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring in this one. Chris, you got two quarterbacks that, you know, one is on the ascension of his career. One's on the descension of his career. Philip Rivers, if you like him or not, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, where, where do you sit on this game? Yeah, I'm going to go opposite as well. I think the Raiders going back home after a couple of long road trips will be really, really good for them. The Colts have played really well on the road this year. Uh, you know, they're five and one on the road this year. They've covered uh, four of their last five games on the road. So um, I'll go with the Colts. Philip Rivers is another one of those guys where he's just kind of iffy uh, what you're going to get from week to week. I just don't, don't like how the Raiders have played the last two games. It doesn't mean that they won't get home and play a lot better, but uh, I, I put my money on the Colts on this one. Uh, yeah, I, for me, the Raiders coming back home, and, and I'll say the same thing about Derek Carr. I mean, we've seen moments where Carr's thrown for 300 and really taking care of the football, and then we see, you know, that, that he coughs it up or, or he's trying to do too much with it. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm split on that one. Uh, Steelers, who have uh, come back to earth after their, their you know, meteoric start, and that has the, those veteran Dolphins uh, popping popping bottles. Uh, Steelers are at the Bills. Bills minus two and a half. Chris, let's start with you. It's your Bills uh, minus two and a half. What do you think? I'll go with the Bills. Uh, I don't like giving up points to, you know, the Steelers, but the Steelers have not been playing great of late. They're coming off a short week, uh, you know, having to play on Monday Night Football. Their schedule's been all messed up of late. So, I, you know, I don't know exactly what kind of rhythm they'll be in, and the Bills have covered their last four games. So uh, they're playing pretty well, uh, and I'm, I'm going to take the Bills on this one despite giving up basically a field goal. Todd, are you taking Big Ben and the Steelers, or are you going Josh Allen and the Bills? I'm on the Steelers on this one. I think after kind of an embarrassment against Washington this past week, they'll find a way to win. I know their defense is beat up and, and they're facing injuries, but I think they'll still come out and, and prove that they're still the, the best team in the NFL or one of them. Yeah, I, the thing is, is, I think the Bills are catching the Steelers at the exact worst time that they possibly could. Maybe not physically, but mentally. I mean, the Steelers are, are a team that you know, people are talking about so many other teams, but the Steelers, and they were undefeated coming into this, coming into last week. So you know, I, I'll, I'll go Steelers on this one as well. Todd, what's going on over Real City this weekend? So this weekend we have um, Casino Gift. We have our gaming entertainment system. Ah. It's a mini system. has 620 games built in, so um, lots of fun there. Casino customers will get those for free, and then if you come in and earn 750 points as a new sign-up, you'll get one of those as well. Um, and then last week, if you remember, we had the pizza challenge, so to speak, we had the $5 large pizza and we sold between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 103 of those things. So Tom was busy back there in the pizza kitchen firing up pizzas. So um, in the honor of Tom, again, we're going to do another uh, $5 large pizza two topping this weekend again, see if we can beat the 103 of last weekend and see if we can't get them really cooking back there. Um, and then also in the tradition that I started last weekend, the Rail City Way, we talked about it. Uh, team members are living pride, passion, and fun. We have a lady that works at our Rail City Rewards Club. Um, her name is Gloria. She just goes above and beyond all the time. The passion and the pride is there about the property. So come on down and see Gloria at the club booth, and she'll set you up with some free play or whatever you need uh, from her. Gloria, nice job. Give a little shout out here on, on NSN. Todd, as an organization, do you ever have a promotion like that and kind of go, well, we're not going to do that again, but apparently this time around you're, you're not afraid of the pizza? So the pizza was one of those things that, you know, Tom and I discussed before the show last week, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then um, after we sell 103, we got corporate marketing people going, hey, we didn't even know about that promotion. And I'm like, yeah, because we just came up with it right before the show. So we do a lot of off the cuff stuff and, and figure out, you know, what's going to work and what's not. And we like to test stuff just on the fly. 
Chris, did you feel like that the first time you did the mailbag and you got 50 <laughs> questions? You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I committed myself to this. Yeah, then it becomes a little bit of a burden. But pizza is never a burden. And Nintendo is never a burden. Like that is, that's as good as you can do, uh, you know, with pizza and Nintendo. That's my childhood yeah. come to life right there. <laughs> childhood, that's right. college for me, man. Uh, Todd, when it comes to uh, safety precautions, nothing has changed with you guys. You're still uh, be doing your diligence to make sure that your customers are safe. Yeah, we still are only using one entrance in. We have the temperature checks and we're still doing all the machine cleanings. Um, unlike some of the other properties, we still are not open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're 24 hours on the weekends. Uh, Midweek we close and we actually do some deep cleaning for that process too. That's why we're still staying closed uh, more than anything else to make sure we can stay safe and clean. Can you remind me of what, what kind of beer specials or anything you got uh, during football? Sure, we have a $1.50 Coors Light draft. Uh, it's a 16 ounce draft. And then um, if you want a little meat to go with that, we have the five ribs and a Coors Light draft for five bucks as well. So uh, pizza, beer, ribs, you name it for the games, you'll be all set at the Ale House. How do we, Chris, how do we not have a portable studio set up at Rail City at the Ale House? I mean, I'm not a Coors Light guy. I'm a Bud Light guy, but I mean, come on, you're not really, there's not much of a difference there. It's not like I'm talking between Steinlager and Guinness here, but uh, how do we not have a studio, a mobile studio? Post, uh, post pandemic, that'll be a goal. Yeah. I, think so. I think we so. have a nice alehouse patio for you. You can have some revision beer out there too. The Murray patio. We, what are you doing? I'm dining on the Murray patio today. I'm having pizza and beer. Todd Reamer from the uh, Rail City Casino, Rail City Alehouse. Great place to watch some football and stay social distanced. Uh, those picks brought to you by the Rail City Alehouse every single week with Todd Reamer. Todd, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Coming up next on NSN Daily. Is Colin Kaepernick going to get a statue at the University of Nevada? And he already now has a new ice cream. And Chris takes off the tie. That's nice. <laughs> well, the students uh, have spoken at the University of Nevada, ASUN. Uh, this was announced late last night that they have uh, passed a resolution to build a Colin Kaepernick statue on campus. And Chris, this is something you, uh, you've been, been behind for a while. Yeah, I've written about this before, and my whole thing was, well, why wait? I mean, he's going to have a, a statue at some point. Um, you know, he's going to be one of those historical figures that history looks very uh, warmly at, obviously, in the moment when you do things like this, whether you're Muhammad Ali or, uh, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, anybody who's going to kind of rock the boat, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, you know, Jesse Owens, a number of people, Jackie Robinson, you're going to get a lot of vitriol in the moment. And then, uh, you know, 15, 20 years pass, and you're like, oh, that guy was right. Um, so uh, why not do it now? Why not uh, stand behind your most famous alum and go and build that statue? I know it would obviously be, uh, be controversial um, because there are a lot of Wolfpack supporters and, uh, you know, alums of UNR who maybe don't agree with some of the things that Colin done or said. So, uh, you know, the students, it's easy for them to say, let's do this. It's a little bit more difficult if you go up to the administration, if you're talking about athletic directors or school presidents and uh, knowing some of their donors might not be happy with that decision. So we'll see if anything actually comes of this. But um, yeah, I'm 100% convinced there's going to be a Colin Kaepernick statue at some point. You go to San Jose State uh, and you see they have a statue of the two guys who uh, ran for their school um, before holding up a single black fist during the 1968 Olympics. Um, and, you know, in the kind of the black uh, power salute. So uh, it, it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen in the next 10 years. Uh, you know, great for the students trying to push this, but I do think it's going to be a while before you see that statue actually resurrected. Uh, I mean, UNR only has two statues to start with as well. It's not like it's a place that's laden with history. It's the uh, Mackey Mines statue of John Mackey, who uh, made some major donations and has the football field 
field named after him. Um, and then, uh, you know, one more that was put up a couple of years ago on a, a local politician, Richard Bryan, who also was UNR's president before becoming the governor and a senator. So uh, not, not like there's a lot of, of statues up there to, you know, um, kind of show your, your pride for. Well, I mean, I still think, I mean, granted, they're expensive. I mean, that, that's one thing is that they're expensive. I mean, I still think that Nevada football ought to have Marion Motley and Chris Alt, at least those two. Motley, maybe in that Heisman sort of look that we, that old picture. And then Coach Alt, you know, I don't know, probably yelling at somebody. I don't know, barking out orders and, and doing something like that. But if you're on the design committee, also Joe Crowley, eventually, I think Joe Crowley ought to, ought to deserve one as well. But if you're on the design committee, because that's going to be a big decision is how do you immortalize Colin Kaepernick in bronze or whatever? Uh, do you have him kneeling? Do you have him standing there? The picture when he's walking off the field after beating Boise state, what, what would you, where would you uh, start? Where would you even start thinking? I think it would be kneeling. I mean, that's what he's most famous for. That's going to be his impact on the world and on the United States is him taking a stand and sacrificing his career for something that he believed in uh, police brutality uh, you know, specifically against minorities. You've seen him put a ton of money toward minority rights with his Know Your Rights campaign, um, you know, with uh, making a million dollars in donations from that 2016 salary that he took. So, um, you know, that's what he's going to be known for. And I think that's what the statue has to be. And, and I understand that some uh, people would not be 100% for that. Uh, you know, I hope they would respect his, uh, you know, right to be able to have free speech and to stand up for something that he believes. Um, but that's what I would go for. Uh, you know, it would be cool if it was a, a football pose or something like that as well. But, um, you know, you, you, like I said, you go to San Jose State's uh, campus, it's John Carlos and it's Tommy Smith standing on the podium with their fist straight in the air. Um, so that's what I would do if I were in charge of, of making the statues design. I would have them definitely with a knee um, and, you know, just, uh, you know, sitting there proud uh, and, you know, trying to make his point with a peaceful protest, which, um, you know, peaceful protest is what this country was founded on. So you can disagree maybe with the stance, um, but I don't think you can disagree with the way in which he did it just because, uh, you know, it was a way of, of trying to get a message across without any violence, uh, you know, without any of the things that maybe we've seen over the last couple of months. And, um, you know, people didn't listen to him. And now it's turned in uh, to some more dangerous things like we've seen, uh, you know, over this summer. I wonder if there's a way to satisfy everything here, because you do have to absolutely acknowledge what he's done for social social reform and social justice and, and that sort of thing. That, that's what he will always be remembered for. But he's also the best football player that's ever played at the University of Nevada. So do you make it a two-part statue? Do you have him kneeling in a 49er uniform? Of course, in bronze, you're not going to paint it red. You can have him with the seven. And then do you have him doing something wearing a Nevada 10 as an athlete? Because everybody needs to remember, this guy was the best football player to ever play at the University of Nevada. 2010 was an incredible, magical season. To, to culminate and capitalize on, on a great career. So, yeah, I, I wonder if there's a way that you, that, I mean, I'm not a graphic artist or, de or designer, that you can maybe do two poses, the dive at Boise State or something like that, and the kneel at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't make those decisions, and I don't know that I want to. Um, <laughs> but, hey, he gets an ice cream named after him. Ben and Jerry's is named, named an ice cream after Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, it's really, really cool. They announced that uh, earlier this morning. It's called Change the World. Uh, so world, not world, uh, you know, it's kind of, yeah. Um, and it's actually a vegan, uh, frozen dessert they're calling it because, 
uh, Colin Kaepernick is vegan. It's something that they approached him with a couple of years ago, and it just didn't work out. And then they ended up coming back this summer uh, when some of these issues uh, started bubbling up again, and they uh, were able to come up with it. Uh, all of the proceeds are going to go right to Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp, which is uh, intended to educate and, and teach rights to minorities. Um, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of uh, COVID-19 relief work that Ben and Jerry's has already donated into minority communities. I mean, they've been very much on the forefront of some of these social right issues. Um, they've released some very strong statements and put their money behind it over the last couple of months. So it makes complete sense. It's uh, a mix of fudge chips, graham cracker swirl, and a chocolate cookie mix. Um, it's vegan, so I don't know if I'll necessarily try it. Uh, you know, I do like my Ben and Jerry's, but um, you know, I'll, I'll maybe give it a try, but it's really cool. I mean, to just to see a Wolfpack alum, a former local person of Northern Nevada, uh, having their face on a Ben and Jerry's, uh, you know, cup and flavor is, uh, you know, something that you wouldn't have imagined before. And we talked a little bit about Greg Lamont getting a congressional gold medal. So, uh, you know, just really cool that we're seeing locals uh, kind of highlighted on the national level. And I think the best thing about this is all of the proceeds, not some of the proceeds, will be going to Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp. And this isn't a limited series thing. This is something that's a full-time flavor uh, moving forward with Ben & Jerry's. What would be Chris Murray's Ben & Jerry flavor if they were to create one, or do you have a favorite and you're like, no, that would have to be it? I mean, I like their s'mores one, so I'm all about the s'mores. Uh, you know, I like the, they have a one with like a brownie core um, so I like that one as well. I don't know, like, I don't, you, you kind of put me on the spot in terms of trying to come up with a name, but um, uh, much Murray, like- Murray? Murray? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, you can't go wrong with ice cream with me. Uh, I like my ice cream, I like my pizza. Yeah, I, uh, Cherry Garcia to me is the, the greatest ice cream maybe ever made. I, that would be definitely mine. But uh, yeah, interesting to see. And to get back to the ASUN resolution, it takes a long time. I, I, you know where the students' minds are. It takes a long time to get from here to here. And um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think, I think there will be a statue eventually. I don't think it's going to happen for a while. Uh, but, you know, they approved a a a, a height a, a raising of the uh, fees to to build an indoor practice facility years and years and years ago. We haven't seen anything come close to that yet. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it's bet or no bet. We've got a matchup on Fox 11, our sister station tonight, between the Rams and the Patriots. We'll break that down next. It is Thursday. That means bet or no bet. Uh, this time around, we do have a, a pretty nice little matchup on Thursday Night Football to tell you about. It's going to be on our sister station, Fox 11. The Rams hosting the Patriots. And, Chris, I'm looking at the uh, the ESPN headline. Six teams, three spots, four games left in the AFC wildcard race. This will be fun. I, I like meaningful football this late in the year. Yeah, and the Patriots are there against all odds. They had by far the most players opt out because of COVID-19. Obviously, they lost Tom Brady, and then they lost both Cam Newton and Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore to uh, COVID-19 positive tests early in this year. But, uh, you know, Bill Belichick will give you away. Uh, you know, he was amazing last week. He shut down Justin Herbert, a 45-0 shutout, especially team scores a couple of touchdowns so you can never uh, be, uh you know count out the patriots uh they're right in that mix uh, they're probably gonna have to sweep their last four games at minimum go three and one that's not going to be easy especially with this matchup but uh we have seen this matchup before a couple of super bowls ago and uh, bill belichick prevailed even though tom brady didn't do much on the offensive side this this to me is you got to keep aaron donald uh, away from away from cam newton because i mean aaron donald just just all he does is blow plays up i mean he he may not make the tackle all the time, but you have to adjust. You have to double team him. Having a mobile quarterback back there, I think, is going to help help the Patriots in this affair. But on the other side of the coin, 
Uh, your impressions of Jared Goff so far this year? I mean, 17 touchdown passes. He has been picked off 10 times, over 3,300 yards uh, so far this season. Uh, has he developed the way that you thought he would? Um, no, like I'm not fully sold on him because I think uh, McVay, Sean McVay is such a good offensive coach. So you could plug in a lot of quarterbacks and they'd have success. Uh, you know, he did have that great second year and he's kind of reverted a little bit since then. They gave him the huge contract. So he's obviously going to play. I think the thing in this game that a lot of people overlook is how good these two defenses are. I mean, you're talking about the Rams. They rank fifth in the NFL and uh, points allowed per game and the Patriots are seventh. And you look at the Rams should be really good. I mean, they're third in the NFL in yards uh, gained per game and they're second in yards allowed per game. Usually you top three in both. You're something like undefeated, but they're eight and four. So there's always something about the Rams that I don't completely trust since that Super Bowl season. They just feel like, um, the consistency is not there, but you know, this is a team that's leading the NFC West right now. Uh, you know, everybody thought that was the Seahawks uh, position to grab, but uh, you know, they vaulted ahead. So um, this does seem to be, you know, after last year's kind of a down blip, they do seem like they've risen back up a little bit. And that's why I would pick the Rams in this game. I know they're about a four and a half point favorite. So they're giving up some points, but uh, you know, being at home and uh, you know, given how much uh, you know, balance they have with that offense and their defense, uh, I will take the plunge and I will go with them. I would take the under, uh, you know, both of these teams are, uh, have gone under uh, in eight of their 12 games this year. And if you look at Los Angeles at home, all five of those games have gone under. So I think people go, Oh, Cam Newton and Jared Goff. But I, I do think the defenses are going to be the story from this one. That's the thing too, is I initially looked at when I was going through the research, I looked at the four and a half and I said, yeah, I'll take the Rams to, to do that. The over under when I saw 44, I went, that feels so low. And then I, I went, Brian, both of their defenses are, are pretty darn good and they're probably going to cause some turnovers in this game so you might see one of those low scoring games that surprises you at halftime just because of who's sitting on the field but uh yeah if you want to check it out uh 4 30 is going to be the pregame show on fox 11 5 20 kickoff uh there over in los angeles at that bright uh bright and shiny new stadium uh, the rams hosting the patriots on fox 11 if you want to check it out we'll be right back with some final thoughts as we wrap up nsn daily right after this I want to thank Justin Allegory for uh, coming on the show, talking uh, San Jose State Spartans football against Nevada. Chris, I've seen this all over social media. Mario Lopez starring as Colonel Sanders in some mini movie. What is this hogwash all about? Uh, it seems like it's kind of a long commercial. So it's yeah. like a 15 minute movie that's going to be on the Lifetime Network, but it's a lead in to Feliz Navidad, which also stars Mario Lopez and was shot in Carson City during the pandemic. I'm not sure how they pulled that out, um, but I think they're kind of trying to get people to watch this Colonel Sanders thing because that's gotten some buzz. And then you then watch Feliz Navidad, which I will probably record and watch just because I like to see like, you know, places that I live in, yeah. uh, movie situations. So They've hooked me, but not for the Colonel Sanders thing, for the Carson City thing. Uh, the Colonel Sanders thing, I looked at it and I go, this is a commercial. That's all it has to be. And my question is, A.C. Slater, how far have you fallen, man? You were the guy back in the day, and now you're, you are got the gray in your hair, slick back, being Colonel Sanders. I can't do it. For Chris Murray and Jenna Holland, I'm Brian Samudio. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.